All right. Well, thank you very much. And so, like I, like I said, um, the genealogy of Joseph really, uh, if we can go from Abraham, Abraham had Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Esau, Esau, and Jacob, and Jacob was later named Israel, who is the father of Joseph. And so we're really close to uh, Abraham uh, in terms of genealogy, and then, and so then we're going to see. Now, one of the things you might be asking, why are we learning about this? And uh, it's, it's, really, it's really important to see that God does not play along as he goes along. He does not plan things around. He has had a, a, a purpose for all humanity since the beginning. Really, time does not go through him. He's all-encompassing. He, he's not in the past and the future. He's just all throughout. And so we can see these snippets of, of, of well, this this plan of God all through into the beginning. We can see from the fall of man when, when God told the serpent that um, the, the seed of the woman and the seed of, of in this case, Satan will be in an enmity. Uh, and, and, and Christ is right there. The seed of the woman is Christ. We can see when Abraham took Isaac to sacrifice him for the Lord as a test for Abraham, um, God provided the lamb, and, and, and even Abraham is quoted to say, God himself will provide the lamb for, for, for the sacrifice, meaning Christ himself. We can see this in the Passover when they had to sacrifice a lamb. It's all a picture of Christ, the manna, the, the, the bread from heaven. And, and this is a picture of also of Christ. When um, Moses... Uh, got water from a rock when God they gave <laughs> water from a rock when Moses smit the rock smite the rock and the water came out uh, the rock is a picture also of Christ um, we also see that Jonah spent three days in the fish and those three days but or not that's also a reference to the three days of Christ in the tomb and we're also going to see another three days in this study so so we can see that really, I mean, if, and if we also see uh, the prophecies directly talking about Christ in the Old Testament. We, we, we could just uh, see how God had a plan all along. But the story of Joseph really mirrors that of, in many, in many ways, that of Christ. And so that's what we're going to do today. And uh, we're going to start um, with, by the way, we're going to read a lot of scripture I could not give you any scripture, and you could just take my word for it, but it's so much better when we actually see it written, and then we see, and we go to the Old Testament, we see what God did in the life of Joseph, and then we go to the New Testament, and we see what, what God did with, through our Christ, and then we, we can see both things uh, right next to each other. So we're going to do that, so bear with me, there will be a lot of uh, reading, but um, it will be our reading for today. Okay, the first um, reading is in Genesis 37, uh, verses 3 and 5. And it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornament robe for him. Joseph was, as we can see here, Joseph was really his most beloved son, and he did not hide it from his brothers. He made this really nice robe for him. So um, then we have in Matthew, Matthew 123. Here we see in the scriptures, 
Well, let's read it first. <laughs> the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, here in these three scriptures, we can see that the birth of these two were, were miraculous. In the sense that uh, in his old age is when uh, Israel had Joseph, and it was an answer to prayer. Also, we can see that Christ, being born of a virgin, is really, it's really a, a miracle on its own. We can also see that they both were loved by their fathers. We can remember when Christ was um, baptized, uh, 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 the, the Spirit of the Lord said, This is my Son whom I love, and I am well pleased. So we can see that that's similar in both of them. Loved by their fathers, miraculous birth. Now we have uh, that Joseph, uh, who is now very loved by his, friend, by his brothers, in fact, he's hated. Um, he tells him about two dreams he had. Um, and basically, those dreams talk about him ruling upon his own family. That, that this makes his brothers mock him and hate him even more. And so if we go to Matthew 27, 28 through 30. We have, then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the uh, praetorium and gathered those, and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. Next slide. And then twisted together a crown of thorns and sat it on the, and put it on, put it on his head. They put a staff on his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, king of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on his head again and again. And uh, here we can see how Christ was mocked for being the king of the Jews. Just like his brothers mocked um, Joseph for the, the dreams that he had that he was going to rule upon them. And so another mockery um, that we can see in, in these two instances. Another similarity between these two uh, characters is um, that they were sent uh, by their fathers, um, both of them. And we're going to see this in scripture. Uh, we're going to go to Genesis 37, 13. And this is what it says. And Israel said to Joseph, as you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I'm going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. Now we're going to go to Matthew 26, verses 3 and 4. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the, in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Sophias. And they schemed to arrest Jesus and secretly kill him. If we go back to Genesis 17 and 20. Genesis 37, verses 17 and 20. It says, So Joseph went to his brothers and found them near Dolphin. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached to them, they plotted to kill him. So, right here, we see Joseph first was sent by his dad to go 
to where his brothers were to see how they were. When he was approaching them, they plotted to kill him because they did not like him. He was his dad's favorite. And also he had had dreams that where he was going to say he was going to be greater than them. So they plotted to kill him. And then we see that in the Christ, uh, with Christ, they really made a mockery of him um, for being the king of the Jews. So that's another, another thing. Um, we, we also see that Joseph and Christ were obedient to their fathers. Joseph was sent to the fields to look and see how their brethren were doing. And Jesus was sent to the world with us. Um, really for our salvation. So another parallel, they were mocked, and they were, at first they were sent by their fathers, and then they were mocked. We also have another similarity is that they both were sold for silver. Um, if we go to Genesis 37, verses 26 through 28, we have, Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he's our brother, our very flesh and blood, and his brothers agreed. Then we have in Matthew 26, verses 3 and 4. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, well, whose name was Sophias, and they came to arrest Jesus and secretly kill him. So we can see that there is a plot for killing him. Well, that was Matthew 26, 15, I'm sorry. There we go. And Judas asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted for him 30 pieces of silver. Now, here's another thing. Um, when they were plotting to kill um, Joseph, and his brother said, now let's take him out of the cistern where they had put him in. And they, they said, let's sell him. They sold him for 20 pieces of silver, which, you know, they, they, they still profited on, on his brother rather than killing him. And then we can see that Judas Iscariot, uh, he plotted to, with, with, the, with the priest to turn him over for 30 pieces of silver. Now, there is a few thousand years between one and the other, and we were joking about how the price of a slave went up from 20 pieces to 30 pieces of silver. Um, but see, they both were sold by silver, for silver. Um, we can also see that... Um, Joseph was placed in a cistern as if he were just an empty cistern. There was no water in there, but to let him for death. While Christ was placed in a tomb, he was killed and placed in a tomb. Well, before they sold his brother, they took him out of the cistern. Um, so they raised him from the cistern when Christ was raised from the dead. Pretty much given for dead and then taken out uh, alive. And so we see that God did the same thing with Christ. He, he rose him from the dead, and now he is alive. Um, also, the significance of the coats. Joseph's coat was dripped in blood and returned to his father, while Jesus' coat was gambled for. Another thing we see with the coats 
is that in the future, it says in, in the book of Revelation, when Christ will come back in that white horse, uh, he will be wearing a coat stained in blood. And, and we can see that, his, that Joseph's brothers stained his coat in blood to make his father believe that he was killed by some wild animal. But there it is again, the coat, the coat as well. So that's another, another thing, another parallel. And, and see, these things are not coincidence. One, people, one, one could think, oh, it's just all that coincidence. But coincidence do not exist. It's all done by God. So to continue, uh, they both were tempted. Um, let's go really quick. Uh, Genesis 39, verses 1 and 4. It says, now Joseph, having taken down to Egypt, Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. So we have someone in, in, in Egypt who bought Joseph. His name is Potiphar. Well, let's continue. Uh, Genesis 39, verses 7 and 10. Verse number 7, it says, and after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Verse 10. And through he spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. So we can see clearly how Joseph was tempted. And uh, Joseph was, was, was faithful to God and did not give in. Now we read in Matthew 4, 1 and 3, and well, we all know this, but you know, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And well, we could go on and on, but we know that the first thing the devil said, well, if you are the Son of God, make this rock turn into bread. And then they start going with a battle and within what the word says, um, but we see that uh, Christ was triumphant at the end. Um, just the same way that Joseph was triumphant in, in the sense that he did not give in to temptation. So they both were tempted. Um, also, these two characters, bless you, were wrongly accused. We can see that Joseph was wrongly accused for trying to take advantage of his master's wife. And thrown into jail, which Jesus was wrongly accused and arrested while being completely innocent. See, if we go back to the story of, of Joseph, he did not give in, but the, the, the wife uh, said that he tried to take advantage of her. And so he went to jail. <laughs> um, we can find another similarity Pilate, when Christ, when Christ was arrested, he was taken to Pilate, the governor, and he did not believe the accusations against, against Jesus. He found Jesus innocent. Yet he's courting. Now Potiphar, he probably knew his wife. He knew what she was up to, and of course he did not want to get rid of Joseph because he was being a blessing in his household. Uh, but he had to. Um, Keep up a front before, before Pharaoh and let him be, be thrown to jail. So another similarity. People did not believe he was um, 
he was guilty, yet, you know, they were left to, be, to, to suffer consequences, even though they were, they were not guilty. Now, one in jail, if we, if we remember the story, Joseph finds favor in the eyes of the jailer, and the jailer puts Joseph uh, in charge of, of the jail, which really um, is it's an important fact because then we're going to read right now in Genesis 40, 1 through 3, what happens. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. Now, what the, the, the Pharaoh did, he threw them into jail. And, and where, who was in jail there? <laughs> Joseph. And he was in charge of the jail, so he was able to speak with them. So while in jail, Joseph missed the Pharaoh cupbearer and the baker, and they have dreams. Now, Joseph is able to interpret those dreams, and uh, he was right on it. Uh, one dream was for life, and another dream was for death. Now, let's read Genesis 40, 20, and 22. It says, now on the third day, again, the third day, right? <laughs> it was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but, the, but impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. And so here we see that exactly what, the, what Joseph had said about the dreams to the cupbearer and the chief baker, it comes true. And so um, now what we come from, what we gather from here is a few things. First of all, uh, the passage starts with the mention of three days, as I had said. Uh, so it's another mention, you know, three days. Um, the second, secondly, we have the cup of the cup bearer for life. And that of the cup of the baker for death. Jesus was crucified, remember, among two people. In, right in the middle of two people. One of them, they, were, they both were guilty. But one of them repented. And the other one did not. One went for life, and the other one went for death, just as we see here. And also, thirdly, the significance of one was a cupbearer. What, do, what does a cupbearer do? They give Pharaoh his wine, right? And what does the cheap baker do? He makes the bread. And so we have the wine and the bread, the two elements of the communion. Basically, the, the blood of Christ and the flesh of Christ. And so, I mean, you, you could just not make this up. <laughs> it was there all along. But we can see these similarities. And now we're going to see that they both were put into the highest. Um, Pharaoh has two dreams then. For, after this happens, then Pharaoh has two dreams a few years later. And became very afraid and he was seeking for someone to interpret his dreams. Then his cupbearer remembers that his dream was interpreted in jail. And so now he tells 
to Pharaoh, hey, you know, when you sent me to jail, somebody interpreted my dreams. Maybe he can help you out. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say that. but, And so he calls for Joseph. And then he tells him, this is my dream. And so Joseph, uh, well, we'll go, let's go to Genesis 41, 25 through 27, and then we'll see what happens. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he's about to do. The seven good cows and seven, are seven years, and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one and the same dream. We can see uh, the seven lean, ugly cows that came up afterwards are seven years. And so are the seven worthless heads of grain scratched by the east wind. They're seven years of famine. We see the interpretation of the dreams through Joseph. We can see that basically... He tells him exactly what's going to happen. And then he says that he should find someone wise to be able to, to, to gather food for the seven good years and then use it for the seven worst days so that everything will be fine. He basically suggests you find someone wise. And then Pharaoh, let's see what Pharaoh says after that. So Genesis 41 uh, verses 39 through 40. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one discerning as wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne, I will be greater than you. So we see that Pharaoh basically got Joseph and put him on top of all of his kingdom. Now, um, well, we know what happens to Christ after what happened to him, right? Um, but let's just read it in Philippians 2.9. Therefore, God exalted him, Christ, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And so we see that these two characters are just placed above everything. Um, since the famine is really... The, the famine did not only happen in Egypt. It happened throughout the whole region. And so people from all the other countries were going to Egypt because they knew that they had food because it had been stored in the first seven good years. Now, of course, we know that, his, that Joseph's brothers come in, they get food and supplies, and then they take them back. And, and there is a whole drama that happens because Joseph recognizes his brothers while his brothers do not recognize him as he looks so different from the way he, you know, they had seen him. He was older and, um, and they did not recognize him. Anyway, at the end, and we should read the story. You, should, you guys should really read the story if you haven't read it lately because uh, it really, it's amazing. Um, so at the end, uh, we have that Joseph really reveals himself to his brothers. Um, and I don't believe I have. Yes, I do have it. And so let's, let's check the reveal. Um, that's in Genesis 45.3. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? 
But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. So we can see finally he reveals himself. I mean, there is so much more, but we'll be here all day if we read the whole thing. But it's really he reveals himself to his brothers. They were afraid because they thought he was dead. Um, and, and they will not believe that it's this person that was so powerful in this land. And they just couldn't believe it. Uh, and, and they all were all in tears, really. It's, it was, it's, it's a great story. But then let's, let's go to Matthew 24, verse 30. It says, and if you don't remember, Matthew, it's about what's going to happen in the future. Matthew 24, it's about the things to come. Um, and, and, and the Bible says, Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and all the people of the earth will, will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven power and great glory and of course this is really in reference also i mean what i was just telling you about that christ will come from heaven in all glory and and i can bet you anything that those jews who do not believe that christ is the messiah when he came and 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 those in that time when they had him crucified did not believe him when they see him again and they're gonna see his his the holes in his hands or his hands in his feet and his side, they will see him and they will, they will know. We will so wrong. And, and I can bet you anything. It will be way worse. But uh, it's kind of like when his brothers thought he was dead and know he was, he's alive and he's powerful. And it's, it's the same thing when they saw Joseph, that when they will see Christ when he comes back in his second coming. So... So we can see that as well. We can see also that they both, Joseph and Christ, were saviors. Joseph was put in charge of everything in Egypt. And he was able to do wisely what was supposed to do. Get the, the food and, and, and put it, set it aside and then use it. Um, so he was a savior of the physical war, if you say. Um, in a similar fashion, we see that Christ came to earth willingly to save us, humanity, from condemnation so that the world could be saved through him. And so we, we also see this. And well, lastly, I, I don't have scriptures for this, but um, these are just a few things that I'd like to mention that it's between these two characters. When Christ started his ministry, he was 30 years old. While Joseph was also 30 years old when he started um, being the main, the main person in, you know, the prime minister, if you will, of, of Egypt. So same age for all of them when they started. Both Joseph and Jesus were numbered against, among transgressor, transgressors while they both were innocent. We sort of touched on that. Joseph found favor in the eyes of the jailer. So he was put in charge of the jail, right? Well, Jesus found favor in the eyes of one of the Roman soldiers when he was crucified when he said, um, truly, this was the Son of God. And lastly, we have that Joseph was sold as a slave by his brothers. And he was lost from sight. They did not see him. 
for many years. Jesus ascended into heaven and told his disciples they will not see him until his return. So right now, Christ is away, and uh, we, we, we don't see him physically, um, but we will see him again uh, after a, a long pause. The same with Joseph. They did not see his, his brothers did not see him until after a long pause when he revealed himself to them. And so we can see this really amazing, to me, <laughs> the way I see it, similarities between these two, really showing us that God is really, it's kind of like a way of telling his story, the story of Christ, to people before Christ. Of course, they never knew, but God knew, and, and he's painting it to us to really send us clues, like, look, this is what I am doing. It's not because it just so happened. I'm painting the picture before it happens so that when it happens or when you know that it happened, you believe it. And so thank, I thank the Lord for his word um, and for these things that we discover. And there are many things, I'm sure, more that you know, I did not research or did not see myself that are there. But it's just uh, wonderful how God does that for us.